We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Rotowire Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Alan Sislowski of Rotowire.com. You can follow me at Alan Sislowski on all social media. Today, my guest is John Laub. We're going to talk about players worth tanking for in your Dynasty Fantasy Football League. John just put up a great Devi article on Fantrax, which is linked in the description below. We had a few audio problems with John's mic, but we did work through those and fix them. I do urge you to stick with the podcast because John put out top-tier, elite-level information on great prospects, digestible bites of information that will really help you in your Dynasty League. So the Rotowire Dynasty podcast is brought to you by Circa Las Vegas. Enjoy this long-ranging conversation about players worth tanking for in your Dynasty Fantasy Football League. I'm a little disappointed because you. Uh, I thought we talked about that you were gonna go black tie for this event. <laughs> I considered it, but there was none available in my size on 24 hours notice. Oh, custom tux. Well, I was thinking for you a powder blue tux, you know, with the ruffles. That's kind of like your style. Yeah. yeah. I guess well, I had black in my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Now you, you strike me. Well, listen, we're we're from an era of the powder blue tux was kind of wasn't oh, yeah. a joke. It was a real thing. <laughs> it was yeah. a real thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dynasty tanking, man. It, people love to tank more than they love to, to win. And when I read your article that you just posted up on Fantrax about you know the Debbie players and it is dynasty startup season, it made me think because. You know, you always hear about the next class is going to be the best one. But I read your write-ups, and I I implore everybody to to go read John's article on Fantrax. I'm going to link it in the video description below. It made me think that there's at least five guys that might actually be worth thanking for, and I want to <laughs> and I want to get your opinion on that, the sober opinion, because that's what you have here, John. I, so first, I want to say I'm kind of against tanking. I'm bad at it because my gut instinct, Alan is I want to win. And I know it sounds absurd, but I would rather be like nine and five than two and 13. And I know that might not be the best way to build in the long term. But I'll say this. I'm an Orioles fan. And Alan, I could not watch the Orioles over the past two seasons. 
I cannot watch a 50-win team in baseball. It absolutely drives me bonkers. Now, this year, I get to watch the Orioles, and they've been great. They've exceeded all my expectations. So I'm an anti-tanker. However, I do think at times that you come to a crossroads and you have to consider it that it is something you have to relieve your assets. So question now is, do you get rid of a Don, a Devontae Adams? Maybe consider unloading a Dalvin Cook or maybe even a Cooper Cup. You, If you could get a boatload for Cooper Cup, I think that's the type of player you trade if you've hit the crossroads, Alan. Yeah, there's a bunch of productive 29, 31-year-old receivers in the NFL that in Dynasty are, are good assets for, you know, the quote, win-now team. You know, you have Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, and Stephon Diggs. Those guys are decision points in Dynasty startup drafts where you're deciding T. Higgins, D.K. Metcalf, guys that haven't don't you don't expect to have that level of production. But if those guys are on your team, this could be the last cash-out. And, you know, we're going to talk about at least five players that, uh, you know, that we expect uh, a lot could happen to go in the top five uh, slots of rookie drafts next year. Let me just off the top to say, and you tell me, again, you're the Debbie expert, but I, I try to pick out the five guys I thought that you're going to talk highlight today. So we have the two quarterbacks, right? We have uh, Caleb Williams at a U- uh, uh, USC, Derek May, North Carolina, and then I was thinking Brock Bowers, the tight end out of Georgia, He's the X-Factor. Okay, all right, all right. So then I was thinking uh, Marvin Harrison is an obvious top five. Yep, and then here's the one where I was curious if I have this right. Is it Raheem Sanders, the running back out of Arkansas? I do believe Raheem is. That's how I pronounce it. It's Raheem Sanders out of Arkansas. So is that not the correct pronunciation? Is it? It's not Raheem? I think it's – I could be wrong, but it's Raheem. I, I think you're right. Okay. Is is there a is okay? So, but but are those, I've heard of. right? Are those the five guys that you think right now are reasonable to be at the top of of next year's rookie drafts? I absolutely agree with the four. As I mentioned, Brock Bowers in a tight end premium. Brock Bowers is obviously going to go in the top five. There's no question about it. Especially if I had to guess right now, Alan, he is going. Let's talk about Caleb Williams, man. I mean, it's what is it? Uh, give me a little bit of a breakdown here. Is he going to be the locked in 1.1 in next year's rookie draft? Is this someone? I already see people like trading away picks and players for 24. Is he worth tanking for in Dynasty? I have to say yes. Ooh. I, he is right now in an extremely rare stratosphere in my model. And my film watching, now I had a lot of Caleb Williams watching because he was on my college fantasy teams last year. And they were on, USC was on a lot last year, especially late at night on the East Coast. Alan, he's in that Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson bucket of extraordinary, extraordinary talents from a perspective model. First thing, he is a five-star prospect coming out of high school. So you're talking about extreme pedigree at high school level. Then, since he's come to the the college level, Alan, all he's done is hit a home run. I mean, it is silly. He has a 168 quarterback ranking 
at the quarterback level. My benchmark is a 155. He's only he's going to be a third year quarterback. I don't know if we use juniors anymore. Does that make sense? It's third year quarterback. He has played 25 games at the college level already. 6-1-2-10. He is big. He is strong. I have seen every NFL throw on the field. Outside the hash marks, deep down the field. What's most impressive, Allen? He can throw off platform. Now, I know there's people who are hyperbolic out there and comparing him to Patrick Mahomes. I'm not there yet, but man, he's better than Jalen Hurts in Lincoln Riley's system. He's Kyler Murray with size who played for Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. Absolutely love him. Wow. Okay. Because I already see people, you know, punting this year. And we talked a little bit about in the beginning of the podcast that we don't believe in tanking, meaning what your team looks like in June, July, August, before the season even starts, you don't know, right? I mean, yeah. what you, you might be like, oh, my God, my third running back is Tyler Algier, and then, God forbid, B. John Robinson uh, has to miss, you know, pulls a Cam Akers or a J.K. Dobbins, and now all of a sudden you have you know a top 20 running back, which you thought was just going to be someone on your bench. I mean, so many different things happen where you project like, oh, I'm not a top three team, top four team, but you make the playoffs in your dynasty league, and then – we all know the dynasty, the number one seed rarely wins in the fantasy football playoffs. You just have to get lucky. But we're talking about players that you and I are in agreement here that just, you know, I mean, you're deep into the analysis of it. I'm reading your analysis. So I guess I'm agreeing with you because I'm reading your stuff. But, <laughs> but it does seem like that there are players that are, quote, worth tanking for. All right. So where would so you said that Caleb Williams the quarterback out of USC he's comparable to, as far as prospect level yeah. Sean Watson uh Trevor Lawrence Deshaun Watson he wasn't even a top 5 pick in the real NFL draft I mean so what what was wrong with his prospect profile why are you comparing him to Williams obviously I get the Trevor Lawrence then Yeah now I was huge with Deshaun Watson he was my number 1 quarterback prospect there you go. Now, Alan, the advantage that I've had loving college fantasy football and college football so much, I was a little bit ahead of the curve on the dual threat quarterback. Mm -hmm. The NFL was not ready to embrace the new paradigm of these players coming in the league. And I learned my mistake. Mm -hmm. I like Josh Rosen. And Josh Rosen, I'm sorry, my biggest miss in 10 years. He is now if he was born in 1995 as a prospect, he might have been in the NFL. But you can't be that statuesque in the modern game. So what has happened with since Watson? And and we saw the NFL miss on Jalen Hurts. They finally embraced this dual threat paradigm. And there are two players that I see at least some scouts and organizations. Trey Lance went third. And we get that another discussion on what's happened to him at San Francisco. And Anthony Richardson went fourth. Those do not happen if there is not the success of Dak Prescott and Deshaun Watson. There's no way Jalen Hurts falls to the second round if he was a prospect next year. He, he would be a top five prospect now. I had him at very high my board. I have him in our dynasty league. You and I play on in the Sirius SM dynasty league, Alan, because I have so many shares of Jalen Hurts because he's sitting there in the third round of a dynasty draft sometimes. 
Jay, so the NFL is finally awoken. I would say the majority have awoken to this new level of prospect. Deshaun Watson was a little bit early in this kind of evolution, but I saw it coming. So I was much higher on him than the NFL scouting complex. All right. Uh, John, who uh, who do you think is a better dynasty pick? And I think I know the answer. Is it Deshaun Watson or Anthony? You mentioned Anthony Richardson. I'm just curious. And guys, this is totally self-serving because I was, on the cl- I was on the clock in a dynasty startup that I'm doing right now, and I actually had that decision out. For me, it would be Deshaun Watson because of the certainty he's already proven at NFL level. But it was not like an expensive league, and I, was, I don't have any Anthony Richardson, so I took Richardson. Is there who would you take in a super flex format, right? So QB is very important, and you have to pick one of these guys at the one-two turn in a dynasty format. I'm taking Deshaun Watson right now. Yeah, he he should have six years. I mean, I don't like look that far, but I would say at least for the three-year window, he's the starter in Cleveland, and they put assets around him in the passing game and they still have Nick Chubb. And even if they have to move on, they can replace the running back position. So I love the Sean Watson in dynasty right now. I'm looking at three year window and Alan, I said this before and Hey, look at Richardson was the fourth round fourth overall pick. So I have to be, my eyes are open to what the NFL thinks. of him. However, there's still a floor that people are ignoring right now. I have no shares of Trey Lance. I was weary of him coming out of the FCS level. I think he only played 14 games of college football. Mm-hmm. Now, it might not you, – we can talk about Shanahan and what's gone wrong for the young man, unfortunately. But I have zero shears of Trey Lance. I was getting Jalen Hurts instead. There's a floor with Anthony Richardson that people are all looking at the bright, shiny North Star, and I get it. But do we know 100% that he can succeed in the NFL? That's still to be determined. Yeah, I think that that's important, too. Anthony Richardson's pedigree is is high enough where he's going to get three years, even if he's bad. I mean, he would have to be Zach Wilson bad, which is – I don't, <laughs> think, I don't even think you could do that if you tried in order to just yeah. – and, and even if he – look, Zach Wilson got two seasons more yeah. or less of starting. So, yeah, that and that's where that interesting uh, – uh, that dichotomy comes to. So we're talking about players worth tanking for. Um, we covered Caleb Williams. We're going to come back to him. There's another quarterback that we expect to go as the second quarterback off the board. I mean, things change. Right? Well, let me ask you that. Is uh, Derek May out of North Carolina? Is he the is, – right, he's out of North Carolina? Drake May. Drake, Drake May. May. Derek, Drake May. Sorry. See, this yeah. is what I'm saying. I'm still getting into the, uh, the whole Debbie thing. I'm sure I'm going to mispronounce names. That's why I bring on the experts. So Drake May – is he expected to be the second quarterback off the board? And if he is, let's say he's a top three, top five pick, will he be the second player that is worth tanking for in our dynasty leagues? I'm so glad you asked about him because I actually did my film study yesterday. I love the summer. I get to watch Debbie prospects right now. So I did. I watched two games of Drake May and I watched a lot of highlights. And I saw him this year at North Carolina. I'm going to say this. He is my number two Debbie quarterback right now. My model, 6'5", 216, with a 158.3 quarterback rating, essentially in one year of starting. It really likes him. Allen, he's a dual threat. He has 760 career yards rushing in two years. Unlike a Josh Rosen, Drake May brings maneuverability 
and the ability to go off at the NFL level. He's shown us that. Yet, in my research, because I just wrote my college profile for Drake May, North Carolina has a new offense coordinator. They have the St. Phil Longo left. They now bring in a new coordinator. Now, I think that's good because this is going to put Drake May under the gun. Alan, I love when the young man has to overcome challenges and changes. And Drake May, is it's a very important season. If he's going to have another successful season with a new system, I am all in. Now, the challenge is, what if he doesn't produce at the level he did last year, which is going to be difficult because they've had other changes? Will people still be on him? The traits are there. The size are there. And now he has a challenge. I like that he's got to prove to me that he can succeed with a new coordinator. So what you're saying is the range of outcomes for him, if I'm if I'm understanding what you're saying, is quarterback two, second pick off the board in the real NFL draft, or it's getting Will Levis. Yes, he could get Will. That is in the range of outcomes, absolutely, Interesting. my friend. Right, so he could end up being like, oh my God, he's falling down the board and he's taken with a high pick in round two. or so. I mean, again, yeah. it's, that's I don't know how likely that is, but you're telling me if things don't go right, this is a prove-it year for him. It's all in his hands at this point. Does he have, uh, does, does Drake may have good uh, weapons, in your opinion, where he's set up to succeed? So here's where the challenge is. He had Josh Downs, who was the guy by far, and his bailout option, Allen. If you watch Drake May, there were times he just looks for Josh Downs to make a move or get open. He's gone now. They bring in two transfers from Georgia Tech and from Kent State. I like both of them, but they're taking a step up in competition. So you're never 100% sure will the young man be able to be as successful when the competition's more challenging. Are there weapons at North Carolina? Yes. Are they as good as Josh Downs? I'm not convinced yet. So, the, And then a new coordinator, that's where the challenge is going to come in. I should have asked you the same question about Caleb Williams. Does he have um, rock-solid weapons, or is it almost doesn't matter with him, right? That he's well, I, I would say it almost doesn't matter. They did lose Jordan Addison, but, Alan, here's what's interesting about Lincoln Riley, and here's where context matters. When Jordan Addison went from Pittsburgh to USC, you knew he was going to fall in, in, in production. You know why? Lincoln Riley does not pepper his alpha male with that 1,400-yard season. Even C.D. Lamb had limited production at Oklahoma, my friend. So Jordan Addison went down. I will make right now, we love USC. We love, we've loved Alabama over the years until last year. They seemed to hit a road bump at the position. USC might have the deepest wide receiver core, but there are five guys who are all really darn good. There might not be a Jordan Addison in the group, Allen, but it doesn't matter with Lincoln Riley. He's going to find ways to scheme open. Wow. All right, but either way, I mean – it's like, you know how hard it is to get your quarterbacks in your dynasty league. I mean, these guys will get pushed up. Even Will Levis goes, you know, sometimes. Oh, yeah. yeah, pick eight, seven, eight, nine, ten. Um, 
Kenny Pickett last year was going pick nine or ten, and now you know I see teams in these dynasty leagues. Oh my God, I need a quarterback. Who wants to sell a quarterback to me? And then it's like crickets. It's like you know you'll get one you'll get one guy that says, "Hey, I'll give you Baker Mayfield or Matt Stafford for a first and a second. Everyone's like, "Yeah," you know. I mean, that's or Ryan Tannehill. I mean, that's what it is. So if you have an opportunity in your dynasty rookie draft, super flex to get quarterbacks, uh, you got to take them. So I think that these guys will will get pushed up anyway. Before we continue on, I just want to let everybody know the Rotowire Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Alan Sislowski here with John Laub. John, um, you could follow you at Grid Island Scholar. It's all linked in the video description below. And John just put up an awesome article on fan tracks all about all the Debbie players we're talking about now and players that we think it might be worth tanking for. We're going through the top five. We'll probably hit on a few extra other than that. And also, we are brought to you by Circus Sports out in Las Vegas. The Rotowire trip, uh, the annual uh, Rotowire convention is out in Vegas. We're staying at Circa. And right now, John, they're doing this awesome contest where they want to bring your, they want your whole fantasy football league to do a draft at Circa, and they have a prize package worth over eight thousand dollars. All you do is go to CircaLasVegas.com, where there's a link in the video and audio description. Sign up for this. I'm telling you, it's free to enter. And if you win, they'll give you a limo ride to and from the airport. They'll put you up at the hotel. They'll give you a, a swim up cabana, uh, a welcome party prize package worth over $8,000. I have told everyone in my league, sign up for this stuff. I'm in 40 leagues. I told everyone, everyone remember to sign up. Let's, let's make this happen. Uh, that's at Circa Las Vegas. And if you haven't been out there, I, I, if you're into sports betting, sports in general, it is the best place to stay downtown. All right, everybody, uh, we're talking about players worth tanking for. Let, let's go with Marvin Harrison, man, all right? I mean, Ohio State. So let's start with the simple question. If you are a team and you find yourself in a bad spot, you're 2-6 and six in your dynasty league, but you don't think you're the worst team, is it still worth tanking for to get a top 2-3 two, three, two, three pick with Marvin Harrison? I mean... I could make the argument that Marvin Harrison should be the number two player picked next year. Now, in, Drake in, may in Superflex. Yes. Okay. Yes. I mean, Allen, I was stunned coming out of high school. He was only a four-star prospect. I remember looking at the list. I'm like, wait, is this the Marvin Harrison's son? And I do a quick Google. I'm like, Oh my God, that's Marvin Harrison's son. So I, I'm not a big high school tape grinder. If you read my article, you'll see why. But I went to some high school stuff and I'm like, what am I missing? How did he not get five stars? So I actually own him in two Debbie leagues because he wasn't that highly ranked. Now at the time, US or Ohio State had a deep depth chart. But man, Allen, he's 63202. He has his. Oh, my God. I mean, the only thing his dad didn't have was size. I mean, now, for the turn of the century, he was a goose size. But he wasn't like, you know, Julio Jones or anything. Marvin Harrison has size, length, arms. I'm not going to tell you he's as good of a, a route runner as his dad because his dad was just extraordinary. However, if you remember, Allen, his dad would only play on one side of the field. Remember, he basically ran four routes. He, now, he was the best four-route runner I've ever seen in my entire life. What, what, were the, what were the four routes that Marvin Harrison ran? It was like the dig, the out, the, the, the in, and then the deep. He could get deep over you on top. But he stayed on the outside boundary. And that's why Reggie Wayne is so underrated. 
because Reggie Wayne did all the stuff that Marvin Harris didn't do, but that's a different story for a different day. I'll say this. I think his son is more Reggie Wayne mm. than he is Marvin Harrison, his dad. He is the classic boundary receiver. And I know the league loves these smaller receivers, but when you get a boundary receiver, Alan, every team still wants one. They're just not always there. I think this kid watching him at USC, he is un- he's better than Garrett Wilson. He's better than Chris Olave, in my, in my opinion. Now, I got to do more scouting of Marvin Harrison. This year is going to matter. But, Alan, what I've seen, my note, watching him at Ohio State, in my model with his size and production, he's off the charts, my friend. If we were doing our, our dynasty rankings for wide receivers right now on the air live, and like only knowing what you know now, and so we would both have Chase and Jefferson one and two. Yeah. Um, who would be well, – I guess let me start with this. Who's your wide receiver three in dynasty? And then my second part of that is what, where would you rank Marvin Harrison? Knowing what you know now, not knowing the team, where's Marvin Harrison rank in your dynasty ranking? So who's start with – who's your wide receiver three in dynasty? I'm going to go Garrett Wilson, and I might be a little bit different. I, I, I'm all in on Garrett Wilson, dude. Okay. I think he's just spectacular. Um, I would probably have Marvin Harrison in the top eight. Okay, he's so going to be in that seven to nine range. Okay, so let's go through it for a second. So we have Chase and Jefferson, right? Yeah. So whatever order they're in. Um, yeah. You you have Garrett Wilson there. That's reasonable, I think. Uh, how about C.D. Lamb belongs in there? Oh, absolutely. Right. Does Amon Ross St. Brown belong in there for you at this point? He does for yes. me. Okay. Yes, I agree because he's just been too good off the charts. Okay, so now tell me, who's, who's Alave. six? Se- Alave. To- so you would take Olave over Marvin Harrison knowing what you know now. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, because the the reason there's still risk involved with the young man at the college level, right? Mm-hmm. We have seen Olave succeed at the NFL level. And what is he, 22? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, it's not like – so, yeah, I would probably put him below those guys. Quickly off the top, is there anyone – now, that's a great – is there yeah. anyone out – Drake May, he's better than Drake May. He's well, better than anyone in this year's class. Yeah, I just I just meant as far yeah. as just the receivers themselves. So Yeah. Um so you have Garrett Wilson Cedar. Okay. How about um Jalen Waddle or uh AJ Brown? Now Waddle, you know, is interesting. He's the wide receiver two on his own team. Uh there's some risk with Tua if he uh if he takes a, a, yeah. a concussion hit. And then you have uh AJ Brown, he'll be twenty six next year, but still he's AJ Brown. So would you take Marvin Harrison before those two guys? I probably would not take them ahead of those two guys if you really put me to the fire well, because they're so productive at the NFL level. So, yeah, so maybe he goes to number nine. No, it's eight. You have him at eight. Oh, eight. Was, there you go. Yeah, right. Okay, let me just look down the list here to see if there's anyone else that you would consider putting him over. All right, so then you have uh, easy to put him over T. Higgins. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Jackson Smith and Jigba? Oh, Absolutely. Okay. All right. And then, yeah. all right. A pr- very productive Tyreek Hill. And don't tell me if you're win now or win later. You have to pick. No, your- no, I would take him over Tyreek Hill because Tyreek Hill's 29. And there is some risk with Tyreek Hill. 
All right, good. So you have him at what you were, you said it off the top of your head. Marvin Harrison is wide receiver eight in Dynasty as it stands right now with a chance to move up. I mean, if Olave has a little bit of a down year and Marvin Harrison is the, you know, is the first wide receiver off the board in the top five, that immediately could elevate him. So I would classify Marvin Harrison as a player that is worth tanking for. Oh, there's no question in my mind. He has, he has upside. And it might be a small of Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Wow. Okay. Hold on. I need to recover from that statement right there. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me ask this about the Arizona Cardinals. If they do get the number one overall pick, given what you said about Caleb Williams and he's worth tanking for, are they going to have to seriously consider uh, moving along from Kyler Murray, or is this just hey get collect the 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 massive windfall for Caleb Williams? Which way, if you're the uh, general manager? of the car and let's say Murray doesn't play a snap this year because they're two and eight. They know they're going for the tank. Murray's could come back, but he's not, you know, what is John Laub, the uh, GM doing? Trading Kyler Murray for whatever I can get. And I'm going all in on Caleb Williams and building a team around him. There's no question that I think I would have Caleb Williams right now, just like we did at wide receiver. He's going to be ahead of Kyler Murray in my dynasty rankings without a doubt. Yeah, the Washington Commanders get ready for, or the Atlanta Falcons would be a good spot yes. too, right? Yeah, I mean that yep, would be. Yep. A, and then, what do you think that someone like Kyler Murray with his big giant contract could fetch? You think he could fetch a first round pick? I don't think so. Now, I think you'd be lucky to get a second, maybe a third. Yeah, there's good. The problem is there, you know, and yes, that's probably his value given the enormity of that contract. But probably since there's going to be three bidders, two bidders. He could probably look. Aaron Rodgers went for a first round pick. Right? I guess you, yeah. I mean, maybe you could put two or three teams against it. Hey, it'd be great if the Cardinals could get a first for him. That would be a perfect scenario, right? Because that means the Cardinals would have pick one point one, whatever Houston has one point three or five or two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they could end up with Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison, and like pick twenty, whatever team in the stuck in the middle wants to give them. That's interesting. All right, yes. I want to talk about Brock Bowers. He's the one who intrigues me the most because we're going to I want everyone to set their mind for tight end premium, okay? Like a 1.5ish, you know, just some premium. Is Brock Bowers, tell me a little bit about him. Uh who's a player comp in the modern NFL upside and, you know, maybe it's sort of like a median comp and um is he worth tanking for? This is going to be the hardest question that I'm going to have over the next 8-9 months to evaluate. The first thing I've got to say, he's smaller than people think, Alan. He's 6'3", 230 right now mm. on George's Ooh. website. That is small. And I, I don't hear anyone talking about this. I, in general, want my tight ends to be 245 or above. I prefer 255, but I'll right. take a two. Go ahead. I was just going to say, John, like by the, the legend of Brock Bowers, you like in my mind, he was 265. That's that's if you listen to the legend of Brock, he is going to be 270 at 6'5 by the time the draft rolls around. Now, I'm just going off of Georgia's website. And I'll say this, Alan, after 10 years of doing this, the colleges fudge the numbers. Is he actually smaller? Ooh. Oh my god, like what if he's 227? Right. Then that's going to determine so. There are bullet points that I need, data points, I should say, that I need to see with Brock Bowers. Now, he's an extraordinarily 
unbelievable route runner. Allen, the athleticism is off the charts. The production, you know as well as I do. Would we ever classify Georgia as a pass-happy program? No. He has 119 receptions, averaging 15.3 yards a catch at the tight end. But here's the problem, Allen. I think we're ignoring the obvious. He might be a slot receiver or an H-back at the NFL level. That might be a reality that no one is talking about in this legendary narrative. And I, I have no question about his route running and his athletic ability. He will play in the NFL. The question is, if he's not 245, can he be your inline blocker? And, and can he hang against defensive ends and outside linebackers at the NFL level? Because Allen, it, I know the SEC is great and give him all the credit. We know those NFL linebackers in the offensive end are faster and stronger. So can he hang at that weight? And, and I love him. He's my number one Debbie tight end. So I, I, but we also know it's a long journey. Look at OJ Howard. Look at Kyle Pitts so far. I played this story a lot at the tight end position. It doesn't always work out the way we want to. Right. Yeah, the one of the be- most uh, the best success stories in the last three years at tight end has been like Pat Fryermuth, right? Yeah. Sec- <laughs> he's, he's been great when when you consider immediate production and top ten dynasty tight end. How can you argue with Pat Fryermuth right now? Yeah. So who's who's the upside and the median? Con- I don't want to talk about downside for a second because downside's too much cold water for the for this time of the morning. What? Uh, <laughs> who's the upside comp for Brock Bowers that's in the NFL right now? Oh, T.J. Hawkinson. I think oh. he could be T.J. Hawkinson and Evan Ingram, kind of that level of go- a really good tight end with eight hundred not. 900 yards he's very good in the red zone he scored 24 touchdowns and i know they're fickle but you can scheme and i think a good offensive coordinator would scheme for brock bowers to get open in the red zone and he has the ability to score from 30 yards out because he's just so athletic do you do you think he's a locked first round pick in the real nfl draft i do unless he comes in way under like what is that size but if he comes in at 230 and he's 6'3, he's a lock for the first round. So and if he's and what you're saying is if he's even like 225 and six two what? and a half, then it's yeah. like it's it's dicey, right? He then be... yeah, yes. Okay. All right. That's that's and, interesting. And I've learned to look at weights with a skeptical eye. That's just me having looked at these for so long, my friend. Yeah, so you if you enjoy videos like this, talking Debbie, talking uh, players that are worth tanking for in the Dynasty League, consider uh, hitting the like button. Of course, subscribe uh, to the RotoWire channel as well. And right now, everyone, I just want to let everybody know we can uh, you can get a, a couple days of RotoWire for free. Uh, it's right there on the screen if you're watching on the video. If you're listening on audio, uh, RotoWire is giving away as fantasy football uh, our draft kits up. Just go to RotoWire.com forward slash try. Sorry, forward slash pod or tried. Either one will work. Put in your email. 
and everything unlocks. Before we continue our conversation, John, uh, just tell everybody, because everyone loves the Debbie talk. Everyone loves talking about the next class, and there's no better person. I think you are uh, the voice in this space for me. I think that not only do you do the research, you present it in a digestible way for people, um, where you're nuanced with the numbers, but at the same time, you understand how to communicate to someone that might be coming into it for the first time, or the expert. This probably has a lot to do with your experience teaching. Uh, so, uh, where can everyone find you and what's the piece of work right now that you're featured on fan tracks? Tell everyone about that. So follow me on Twitter at Grandscal91. It's right up on the screen there. I appreciate that very much. Hit me up with any Debbie questions. I'd love to engage. Um, Alan is referenced by recent article on fan tracks. It is deep. It gives beginners who might want to get into the format a very good beginning kind of perspective. A one-on-one, yeah. And I give you my model. I mean, I mentioned yesterday, I was watching Drake May. I was watching Travion Henderson. Now's my early film study because I'm a teacher in the summer. So basically from now until mid-August, I'm watching three or four players every day before the season kicks off. So my rankings are always updated, but it gives you, I do rely on my model at this time very much, Alan. And it's all up there on fan tracks. We all love running backs. Is <laughs> is Raheem Sanders the running back out of Arkansas? I want you to give me a little bit about his size, weight, his profile, that. But as of right now, skip to the end and then come back to the beginning. Is he projected, if all goes as you think it's going to go, to be the first running back selected in our Dynasty rookie drafts next year? I do believe he is the number one running back. Some people will disagree, and we could talk about Trevion Henderson in a second. But... I look at the size and the SEC. Alan, I'm going to make an error on the SEC running backs more than any other position or conference in college football transitioning to the NFL. In 40 years of watching college and NFL football, I can't even name the number of runners out of the SEC who have come on and just been incredible at the NFL level. So there is a large history here of players who are in this conference and make the transition successfully to the NFL level. Then I loved Raheem Sanders watching the film in Arkansas. And there's two players I'm watching very closely, KJ Jefferson, their quarterback, and Raheem Sanders, their running back. But when I plugged them into my model about a month and a half ago, 6'2", 221, Allen, that is that is your yeah that is your NFL back. And what's interesting? So I always have to do a little research. He was a wide receiver in high school. He has thirty nine receptions in basically a year and a half of starting for the Razorbacks. And if you watch him, Allen, I'm not saying he's Najee Harris good. But there are parts of his pass-catching game that are Najee Harris. He is a real good route runner and pass-catcher, and we know how much we love those pass-catchers in Dynasty Leagues. I can't believe he's not getting discussed about enough, but he is not a B. John Robinson, Saquon Barkley-level prospect. Is he more like, so you expect him to have draft capital similar to Brees Hall or Jonathan Taylor or someone like that? Yes. 
early second round, mid second round. Right, right. What what team? As I know, a lot changes, and all running backs are basically mercenaries at this point. When you're a veteran, you're a different team. But if he was in this draft right now, like which team do you think would be the perfect schematic fit? Or it doesn't matter. It's like the team's going to fit uh, hit him as a player. Well, I would like him in Tennessee. I'm not convinced Tajay Spears is a full down bell cow. And he would be the perfect compliment. Because we got to figure Derrick Henry's almost at the end, right? Mm -hmm. That Raheem Sanders to come in and share the backfield duties with Tajay Spears. And why I like it is Vrabel, I don't think he wants to rotate backs. Now, you can rotate a player for a series. Maybe Raheem Sanders gets the two first two offensive series, then you bring in Spears. Then you go back to Sanders, right? So you have like a 60-40 share where Raheem Sanders is the guy for Tajay Spears, and you don't have to change your offense. Mm-hmm. You just keep the player in for however long the series lasts out. So Sanders and Spears would be terrific in Tennessee. Yeah, so I, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna garner here that Sanders, though a great NFL prospect with the running back position, is not a player you want to tank for necessarily. Like, no, I don't. He's the best. So we always have this conundrum, right? Two summers ago, if I told I was very high on Brees Hall and he was my number one depth running back, and some people said I was crazy. I said no, watch the tape. I like the production. I know it's at the Big Twelve. And, and he got injured, and that's a, you know, I'm bummed about that, but that's a whole nother story. But I I had Brees Hall ranked as the number one prospect from January of 2021, and I thought the Jets were a good landing spot. I do think he's in that type of bucket. The problem is, right, don't we all need running backs? He, I don't know if tanking's the right word. Is he worth drafting in the top five? Yes, I believe so. That's where I have him. Would I, is he B. John Robinson who was worth tanking for? Not necessarily. Not at this point. I mean, it sounds like I'm totally bummed out about Brock Bowers now. Like, you, you totally, oh. like, <laughs> like, like, I'm all shriveled up over here. I, it sounds like, uh, it sounds like Sanders could be the fourth pick because you're not going to pass on a super flex dynasty drive. You're not going to pass on Williams. You're not going to pass on Marvin Harrison. You're not going to pass on May if things go as, as yeah. planned. So now you're in running back world right here. Uh, even in tight and premium where it's two PPR, it sounds like Raheem Sanders, if he gets, if he is the RB1, doesn't matter if it's the end of uh, beginning of round two, end of round one, that would, would are we, is that sound right? RB1 should be ahead of Brock Bowers? I would personally take him ahead of Brock Bowers because he fits the mold of what we're looking for in the NFL far more than Brock Bowers. At Again, I, I mentioned it earlier, Alan, Brock Bowers is the X factor. And I don't have the final data point that might end up being the most important data point. How big is Brock Bowers? We don't know yet. I love the tape, love the production, but I still have, is he an H-back or a slot receiver at the NFL level? We had some questions. John, do you do a podcast? We had some questions in the chat. People are loving the Debbie talk. They want to hear more about this. I told them that you have a YouTube channel uh, as well where you talk a lot of Debbie. So uh, other than the article that you wrote and all that stuff, where's the place they can hear you the most um, talking about all this Debbie stuff? 
So yeah, right now my partner Matt Hicks on the rookie big board. He's very busy with work, but we will be starting our Debbie breakdowns hopefully in the month of July. And that's why I'm kind of grinding up the top Debbie players right now. I'm grinding through the film and putting together my model, but we should be hitting the airwaves. Rookie big board, it's on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. But those should be coming out very soon with my Matt Hicks and my partner and I. And and you got you'll post everything on your Twitter. So if someone oh, yeah, you, post everything on Twitter, yes. Right. So that's John's hub for where he posts all his content. So if you wanna uh follow John and get more Debbie talking, he'll be on the Road Wire podcast as a regular as he has been. He's one of our favorite guests. Uh if not, you know, he might be the you might be the Caleb Williams of Oh, uh, that's too kind of that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> nice, nice. Look at that big smile. All right, I want to talk about a couple of these other guys. So we might be out of the worth tanking for category at this point, but you mentioned Travion Henderson, the running back out of Ohio State. Is uh, I've heard him, you know, I've heard people say that when he was healthy and he did have an injury, was it last year, John? That he yes, could be considered, yeah. So he could be in that B. John Robinson tier. Uh, it doesn't sound like you're going to have him there. So give us a little breakdown as far as his size uh, and is he the clear RB two if he's cleared and healthy? Right now, he's my RB two, and I've watched a ton of Trevion Henderson over the past two seasons. Last summer, other than Bijan, Bijan, let's put him aside. Trevion Henderson, I believe, was my number two Debbie running back last year at this time. Now, Sanders has jumped him because of the injuries, and Ohio State might use a running back by committee. They have a lot of depth at the running back position, so we'll see. However, he's under 200 pounds right now. And, Alan, you and I have talked about it, and anyone who reads my stuff, the 200-pound threshold is pretty important to me and i don't think you can be a Bijan robinson a saquon barkley ezekiel elliott level prospect under 200 pounds now henderson is a great pass catcher so he's definitely going to have a role in the nfl and now he's crazy explosive like he averages 6.3 yards per carry and he was injured i think he's gonna have a tremendous season now ironically i've been drafting him in college fantasy football and i'm like mad because he falls he's like in the fourth round with so recency bias right he didn't have a great year last year but i think ohio state with the new quarterback i think they're going to run the ball a little bit more all reports are henderson's 100 percent healthy i love him but he doesn't like if he was 210 allen Wow, chef's kiss. Right. He's 195. That is a significant factor on grading running backs. Yeah, I mean, we've seen, look, Jameer Gibbs, he's under 200 pounds. I mean, what was he listed? Yes. Like 190, whatever. So, I mean, he and he was a top 12 pick in the NFL. So, maybe there's starting to become a shift on how these guys are viewed. I know it doesn't mean how they'll perform, but, you know, Jameer yes. Gibbs, again, is for running. It's, he's almost too big to fail in a sense of not his size, but his draft capital, they won't allow him to. So does the, the pick and the draft capital of, of Jameer Gibbs make you a little bit more bullish? Uh, that's on, why I have him at number – yeah, that's why I have him at number two. Um, I, I will say this. I don't think he's as good of a receiver as Jameer Gibbs. And I think what was fascinating from the NFL level, coming from Georgia Tech and making the transition successfully into Nick Saban at Alabama, that really appealed to scouts. And I do think Jameer Gibbs is a special route runner, which I would not yet put Travion Henderson. Now, again, 
Offense context matters. Alabama designed plays for Gibbs to be successful, just like Najee Harris downfield in the passing game. They're very good at that under Nick Saban. Ohio State doesn't use their running backs like that very often. So we haven't seen it. Is it in the realm? Yes, I would say, Trey, maybe, but we have not seen it on film, my friend. So I don't have him graded as a pass catcher as high as Jameer Gibbs. All right, so when we're talking about players that are worth tanking for, I just want to make sure that I understand. So if I'm a team that's is really you, listen, I don't have ever advise to tank. John doesn't either. We don't have the stomach for it, right? We yeah. like to yeah, win. I don't, have the stomach. <laughs> I don't have the patience for it. But <laughs> if you're going to do it, right? If someone's going to, you know, adventure into this uh, this path right here, who would let's review of the guys that we've talked about? Who is worth it? Kayla Williams, yes or no? Yes, absolutely. Marvin Harrison, yes or no? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Brock Bowers. Uh, I can't say it yet. I don't have all the data points. Okay, but right now, in a two, t- no, I'm going to give you like, right I'm going I'm to give you some qualifers. A two tight end okay. league where you're forced to start two guys. Is he worth tanking for? No. <laughs> okay, so there's your answer. If it's even two tight ends, he's not worth tanking for. And uh, so who else? Do- oh, uh, Drake May. Worth tanking for? Right now, yes. All right. And then we were talking about Raheem Sanders. We agreed not worth tanking for, but hey, if you have the fourth or fifth pick, there's never been a better time to get a running back. Uh, and it's hard to get him at that spot in Dynasty. Yes, and if you're probably the third or fourth team, you probably need a running back, right? That probably won the... So I do think, but he's not... I, I would not tank for Raheem Sanders. John, everyone needs a running back in Dynasty fantasy football. <laughs> they do. Right. <laughs> That's the thing. There's a couple other um, players that I wanted to ask you about uh, that as we get a little bit down um, the list. Again, the middle of the first round. And there's always that distinction because somebody, uh, how do do you pronounce this name? Is it Egbuka, the guy from Ohio State? Oh, yeah. I like, I was hoping you would ask me about him. Emeka Egbuka. Man, he is going to be the most fascinating because. Obviously, Marvin Harrison is all of the the, the narrative and the discussion. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I have a book of number two in my rankings. We might have a never, another Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. And I mean, Matt Hicks and I, I was team Wilson. Matt Hicks was team Olave. And you know what? We've both been right. I mean, they're both incredible dynasty wide receivers. 
Abuka is 6'1", 205. He averages 16.2 yards a reception. I need to see more, Allen. And here's the crazy part. Abuka was a five-star prospect in high school. Harrison was a four-star. I mean, the level of talent at Ohio State is insane. Abuka could end up as a number four, jumping Raheem Sanders, jumping Bowers, if he goes out and has a 1,400-yard season again. Is he locked in first-round NFL, real NFL pick? Oh, without in my book, without question. There's no question he's an NFL first-round draft pick. In in my prep for the podcast, I also I, I I was looking down a list of players and then watching some highlights. And we know everyone looks good in their highlights, but somebody yeah. that caught that caught my eye was Braylon Allen, the running back out of Wisconsin. Ooh. Is where do you have him and what's his profile? And obviously, we're out of the area of like worth tanking for, but yeah. it looks like this is going to be a good year to have some rookie picks. So you know, we I, I often joked like next year's class is always better. We always say that, but. I I even got mesmerized by uh, by Braylon Allen. So I have Braylon Allen number six, and I happen to like him a lot, but I go by my model and what I've seen on the field. He is not an uber pass catcher. He only has 21 receptions, but he broke out as a freshman at Wisconsin. I mean, Allen, from the day he stepped on the field, Braylon Allen has been unbelievable. Who's a comp for him? Who's a reasonable NFL comp for him right now? Derrick Henry, but he's not as athletic. Okay. He's not as athletic, but he has that kind of, he's 238, Allen. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. uh, Poor (laughs) poor man's Derrick Henry is still very rich in my eyes. And and here's the thing. Do you know he was 17 his freshman year at Wisconsin? He's not even 20 years of age yet, Allen. And here's what's interesting. Remember I talked about Drake May changing Offense coordinators, guess where the offense coordinator went to? Wisconsin with Braylon Allen. Mm. Early reports are they are going to use Braylon Allen as a pass catcher. If he gets over 30 receptions, his he might skyrocket up draft boards. We know the NFL loves size. Now, what am I worried about as a film grinder? Doesn't have a lot of wiggle. I would say his vision is good, but not great right now. But he's only 19, and he played linebacker in high school, Allen. So you have to project how high is his ceiling, and it is extraordinarily high with some more coaching and some more improvement of his skills. Yeah. Now, one of the John Laub edicts is I don't uh, if I'm drafting a running back in fantasy, they have to be a between the tackles like they have yeah. to be. A, uh, this guy sounds like he fits that profile. That's, you know, the one thing Wisconsin system and now they're changing it this year. But in the past, and Braylon Allen's had two years of it. Allen, he can run in tight spaces between the tackles. So if the new offense coordinator gets him more on the edge. And develops him in space a little bit, Alan. Oh, oh baby. So this is why I'm really interested in this young man. Is this a second round running back in the NFL, or is he a classic third rounder, beginning of the third round type of guy? So I have him as a second round grade because I'm doing projection, but I think if you ask an NFL scout right now, he would be a third round guy right now. Yeah, no later than that's his floor, is oh, what you're saying. Yeah, they're going to love the size. I mean, 
The NFL wants 200. Look, look at Tyler Algier. He's much better than Tyler Algier. Right. And, but Tyler Algier was a fifth rounder in all fairness, you know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, couple existing, uh, going back to the class of last year, uh, I, you know, you and I talked about Zach Charbonnet uh, yeah. before the NFL draft. Um, you liked him. You liked oh, yeah, him. But loved, given the new situation, uh, one of the you're going to hear this on every single podcast, but I'm curious about your take. What does this mean for Ken Walker? I mean, what's a, like a reasonable projection? Because I had him as my RB1 before the draft, not because, John, he was the RB, like uh, LaDainian Tomlinson or even Pete Christian McCaffrey level, but it was just like he's young in Dynasty. He was good last year. Okay, I'll take him as the RB1. Brees Hall's hurt, right? So where does this put Ken Walker in the Dynasty landscape, and what do you think is the real impact of Zach Charbonnet on Ken Walker's fantasy production? Long run, Zach Charbonnet might hurt Kenneth Walker because I do think Charbonnet's a little more special than Walker. But I do know you have studied Seattle and Pete Carroll over his tenure. Alan, he does use one running back. Even Chris Carson, he got the workload when he was in there and Rashad Penny was injured. So right now in redraft, I'm very high. I like Kenneth Walker. I mean, I expect him to be the guy. He's falling. Yeah, that's why I like him. I mean, you can get him pretty at a really good and, value. And any pick in the third round, you could take him. And I've oh. seen him. I see him drip into the fourth. If he's in the fourth, I I want to hit. I yeah. want to hit the smash button because he should be the twenty touch guy in Seattle. Yeah. That's how Pete Carroll rolls. However, I think they got Zach Charbonnet. First, they overrate running backs. So that's an organizational scouting. They just want their running backs. So they're going to overpay what the NFL believes or what we believe. And that's okay. That's Seattle's. That's how they roll. So I know that. But what if in today's NFL, we know running backs go down all the time. What if Kenneth Walker gets injured? Right, I, like, right. Like where would, if Walker was injured now, where would Zach Charbonnet go in redraft? He would go in the third round. Oh, second or th- third round, probably right. at least third yeah. round. At least, yeah. All right. Yes. That's so cool. I think what, what Seattle was saying as an organization, we cannot trot out, trot out a bum. I don't mean that in a bad – I'm just like, we can't trot out a guy who can't play running back. If you lose Kenneth Walker for one game or two games – we can play Zach Charbonnet, and our offense is going to be productive. That's why they did it. Yeah, there was a, I forget, it was an important game or a playoff game. I don't remember what it was, but oh, yeah, they, 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 they kept losing running backs. It was, and they had nobody to try. Pete Carroll probably said to himself, this is not going to happen to me again, and I'm going to overpay to find, to make sure it doesn't happen. Um, I want to go back to our Debbie talk with our last sure. question here. Is there any quarterback that can that well first of all just name or right off the top who's the third quarterback in in your debbie rankings right now and are they a first round real nfl quarterback so i'm i'm different than everyone else i okay. love michael Penix out of washington and who's everyone I, else who's the consensus the consensus would be quinn ewers in this debbie market okay. i'm not a twin quinn ewers guy because i where's he what school what school is he texas from? i'm texas. sorry okay. texas because Production matters on the field and how I watch the game, and he has not shown it to me. Now, I'm open-minded. If he, he has traits, and if he goes out and have a better season, I'll move him up, but he has not shown me that he can do it. So I'm lower on him. The 
the X factors. To, I, I love Penix. So I'm a big, you can get Penix, my friend, at no cost in a dynasty league. Let me just say this. If Clayton Toon might start football games for the Arizona Cardinals this year, Michael Penix is leaps and bounds ahead of Clayton Toon. So we can't overlook, I just drafted Clayton Toon in two dynasty leagues in round six. Why the hell not? What do I, you know? Like, in, a, in a rookie draft? Yeah. Round yeah. six. Oh my God, that's a steal. I mean, he was going, he, right. He was going round five, round six. I saw him just go round three Ooh. right after the news broke. But again, that's probably an overpay, but fine. Listen, yeah. I, I didn't say like, oh, reach. I mean, he's uh, in Superflex. If he's going to start games, <laughs> Put him in there. You. Right. I mean, so, and I don't, I don't think Kyler Murray's going to play. I think the injury's yeah. bad. Who knows? So I, I, I was like, ah, so anyways, Michael Penix is my guy. I think the NFL would have a third round grade on him. I absolutely, he can throw the deep ball as well as anyone outside the hash marks. Where'd you but say he goes to school? Washington. Washington. Okay. The problem, Allen, is injuries. Hmm. So uh, everything's going to be on the medicals at the combine. And does he make it through a full season? But you give me arm talent, pocket mastery, ability to lead a team, he's awesome. We have to see the medicals. The guy who I like that no one's talking, and I don't understand why they're not talking about him, nine number four, K.J. Jefferson at Arkansas. I don't understand this, Alan. Everyone loves Anthony Richardson. I think K.J. Jefferson played better last year at Arkansas. He's 245, dude. 6-3. He has over 1,400 career rushing yards, 67 total touchdowns. I'm telling you, he's Dak Prescott. I mean, that's – I love K.J. Jefferson, my friend. I think he's going to be the sneaky guy who gets into the first round because the health is there, the size is there. I think he's going to have another big season. I'm all in. At this time last year, before the college football season started, was Anthony Richardson being talked about as a first-round pick? A few people, but not – I mean, there were whispers. He right. wasn't in my model, but he there were some. But I would say it was like, you know, just Here. a few. Just right. a few, not so, everyone. So let this be the first whisper for the Arkansas uh, quarterback. I do like K.J. Jefferson. And, and the X Factor, the NFL is going to like this young man more than the Twitterverse. J.J. McCarthy at Michigan. J.J. McCarthy at Michigan, the NFL is going to like him. He's a hardball quarterback. What if they win the Big Ten again? He's got tra- his athletic ability, Allen. There, when sometimes you're like, wow. But other times he, you're like, what are you doing, young man? Right. Like, so he still has a learning curve. But I think the NFL is going to like He's my number five. They're going to like J.J. McCarthy. If you have to, if I'm holding your feet to the fire right now, yeah. how many quarterbacks get drafted? Knowing what the NFL does, pushing up guys, what is, uh, a, let's say, an aggressive projection for how many quarterbacks will be taken in the first round of the real NFL draft next year? I think there's three guaranteed and four possible. Okay. Well, you know, that, that also changes our Superflex conversation. John Loud, you did it again. Uh, A-plus appearance. Everybody that's been listening to the podcast, you know where to find John. Just follow all the links in the video description below. 
John, I appreciate you coming on here, giving us a first pass at uh, players worth tanking for. Now, we don't advise tanking, but if you're going to do it, <laughs> we identified three players that might be worth doing it. Uh, if you have any questions about any of the players that we uh, talked about today, you could DM John. You could DM myself. We'll do our best to get back to you quickly. John is great. He'll interact with anybody about Debbie. You just talk to him, Debbie. He'll he'll leave a date with his uh, with his family to go talk <laughs> to Debbie. So you know, I mean, that's the, John has been on his planning period and and said told told the kids he had to go to the bathroom just to answer some of my Debbie <laughs> questions. So he is a maniac. He's somebody that, in a good way, he's yeah. a good kind of crazy. We love you, John, and uh, everybody else. Good luck in your dynasty league. As always, uh, uh, hit the like button if you enjoy videos like this. Subscribe to the channel. And if you're listening on the replay, leave a comment on uh, who do you think players that are worth tanking for. Good luck in your dynasty leagues, everybody. We'll see you next week with another Rotowire Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. Noise, noise.